Welcome to the Raiders Training Camp Podcast, presented by SiriusXM. Live from the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center, here are your hosts, Jesse Merrick and Eddie Pascal. And welcome, everybody, to the Raiders Training Camp Podcast, presented by SiriusXM. And Jesse Merrick, the journey is almost done. Man. This is eight, and we only got one more. We're going to finish this up next week. Oh, so bittersweet. It's so, bittersweet, so bittersweet, but also, like, you look back, like, how has camp flown by that fast, even though it hasn't felt that way at times, right? Oh, <laughs> uh, dude, and it's so funny, too. Like, you and I talked about it, you know, a month ago. I talked about it to the guys in the control room. Like, when we get to the end of this of this show, which will be, like I said, at the end of this week, yeah. I'm going to feel great. It'll be the best episode of the show that we do. Oh, episode yeah. nine is going to be the best one. We're going to hit that and, one out of the park. And then we're going to put it on ice for another 11 months. Yeah. Well, we'll go back to the drawing board, figure yes. out some ways we can tweak it. You yes, know, yes. Do some film study. But, you know, <laughs> it, it's funny, too, because, like, you know, in all seriousness, we, we were talking before we started rolling about it. It felt like, I don't want to say there was a lull in terms of Raiders news for a week or two, but, you know, you get into the grind, you get into the monotony of camp, and then all of a sudden... Uh, the news is coming fast and furious, and yeah. so we'll start here. Uh, earlier this morning, we find out that Nick Mullins, off to Minnesota. The Raiders trade him for a conditional seventh-round pick, and I guess you were right. I guess uh, Jared Stidham got the start <laughs> last week or Cue over the, the weekend. Yeah, run the tape back. <laughs> Jesse said that Jared was going to start. Uh, he did indeed, and it looks like he is now entrenched as your firm number two quarterback behind Derek Carr. Yeah, you know, I also said that. I was like, he won the job yeah. to me. You know, to me, it was pretty evident, just even from a, the beginning of camp, you know, it, it just seemed like he had a clear handle on this offense. Uh, you know, now, and I think this move, which won, like, kudos to, to Dave for getting something in return, possibly. Uh, you know, but uh, the way that one's structured, at least from reports out there, uh, it sounds like all he has to do is make the Vikings roster and the Raiders are going to get Yeah, it which down. you would think he would do if you're exactly. trading for him this late in the game. Yeah, right? yeah. So, you know, good on him for getting something in return for a guy that you probably would have just had to cut loose, and you never know what that seventh-round pick turns into. But, uh, you know, that solidifies to me that they're going to keep two quarterbacks on this roster. You know, Chase Garbers, you think, is going to clear waivers and will be the practice squad guy, which is good for him. You yeah, know? and and listen, and with all due respect to Chase Garbers, I think he's had a really nice preseason. Yeah. He really has. And look, I don't think anyone looks at him and he's, you're like, oh, this is the next franchise quarterback yeah. for the silver and black. But he's a quality depth piece. And, dude, if we've learned anything the past two years, you never know when that guy's going to have to come up, that practice squad quarterback. Oh, yeah, 100%. You never know. And look, like, to be completely honest and not to like be like brash, but like, I thought the guy was terrible when he first showed up here. I, watching him, I was like, man, this is not good. He has improved by leaps and bounds and really impressed me. And it, it's clear that, you know, it seemed like maybe that was just kind of some jitters, you know, figuring out, being a rookie, trying to learn how to learn this offense. That's not an easy one to learn. So I have been very impressed with what I've seen with him the last couple of games here, specifically against the Dolphins, played a real solid football game. Uh, so, you know, good on him for making the leaps that he has. You know, to give this coaching staff the confidence, too, that they can make this move with Mullins, Again, we're, we're projecting here, but thinking that they think he can be their practice squad guy. And think about this, too. If we go back to 2021 and ultimately 2020 as well, uh, Nathan Peterman filled that role on the roster. And how many games was Nathan active? Yeah. You know, he didn't play a whole heck of a lot in silver and black, but he was up on that game day 46 a handful of times. Yeah. So you never know. It's an important job. I know that it's not the sexiest thing to talk about who your third quarterback is. But like you said, credit to Jace, Chase, man, for doing enough mm-hmm. and showing Dave Ziegler and Josh McDaniels, like, yo, I have a firm hold on this job, and we can go in and kind of ship, uh, ship off our, our third veteran quarterback. Yeah, very impressive. And now the question that comes out of this one mm-hmm. is, what does that mean? Because, all right, you're going to have two quarterbacks on this roster. Where's that extra spot go? I mean, I think we were talking a little before we got going. Okay, we think it either goes to the running back or receiver, but then there's already so many other positions. Maybe it goes to that. Maybe we're being short-sighted just thinking of the offense. But I personally think that that it goes to the receiving room. 
Odd, I say that like not even super confident now. I, th- I think you're right. I think yeah. it end, it, we do end up carrying an extra wide receiver now. Yeah. Uh, who that wide receiver, I think, is the big question now, right? Yeah. And I heard you on Raider Nation Radio, 9:20 a.m. earlier this morning. Shout out to Q and shout out to you for uh, oh, a yeah. little little morning uh, Jesse Merrick action. But I think you said you kind of hit the nail on the head. where you said, okay, now it feels like there's three guys. Yeah. Uh, DJ DJ Turner, Keelan Cole and T. Billy going for either two and or one question mark roster spots. Yeah. To me now, and I know you kind of feel similarly, it feels like there's two spots up for grabs for those I think three. So. Yeah, I, I would think so. And, and you know, uh, on the radio this morning, I said, I was like, I think T. Billy and uh, DJ Turner have those spots. You know, if I'm uh, Mr. Cole, I'm kind of thinking, uh, I don't know. I know you feel a little differently. About I do. That. I do. Um, you know, I just look at the versatility that DJ Turner provides. Not that Keelan doesn't do that, but... I think we've seen DJ in so many different roles, both offensively but also on special teams. And that, to me, again, we've talked about it so many times. I wish we could have a counter for how many times we've said versatility on this podcast, uh, you know, in return to this coaching staff, that is. Um, you know, so I think that's where DJ gets the edge there. And then for me, T. Billy, from day one in camp, since they started going, we've all been talking about him. He's jumped off the tape to all of us, to me in particular, right from the get-go. So, I mean, I think... <laughs> I just don't see how they they don't keep him. Yeah, and I think before we before I give my two cents, uh, next year we need to have Payton have a little versatility counter yeah. on the uh, on the ticker there. So Payton, I know you're listening. Get on <laughs> that. You have 11 months to figure that one out. But I agree with you 100 percent on DJ Turner. Yeah. Right. I mean, you, if you go back and you rewatch the broadcast, I mean, Matt Millen is singing this guy's praise yeah. from from the mountaintops, and for good reason. That's true. And I think when we're talking about depth pieces, because I don't think anyone anticipates that DJ Keelan and or T. Billy are going to be major, you know, neon lights flashing contributors to this offense. But when you're looking at guys towards the bottom of that wide receiving room, what you are looking for is versatility. And I think DJ Turner is the epitome of that. A dude who can contribute in special teams, a guy who has a little wiggle on the outside. And the one thing that we haven't seen, that we saw from DJ that we haven't seen from the other guys Rocking out of the backfield, yeah, and and I think that that adds a nice another nice wrinkle for Josh in this offense. And, and I don't want to say like, oh, we need to get you know the ball in DJ Turner, Turner's hands X amount of times, but he does provide something a little bit different than the other guys in that room do. Yeah. Now, where you and I differ a little yeah, bit, yeah, is what if you were uh, this coaching staff? What else do you need to see from Keelan Cole? To give you, uh, you know, what what gives you pause in giving him a roster spot? Because I'm looking at his numbers from yesterday, or excuse me, from from over the weekend, and he finishes. Where is he? Right here. Three catches, 44 yards, a long of 22 of 22 yards. What else do you need to see from him? It's been, you know, all through camp. He's been consistent, and I will give you credit. I think T. Billy has had the flashier yeah. of the plays. I think T. T. Billy has been more of a highlight machine Definitely. than Keelan Cole has. But I mean, this dude has just showed up to work every single day, taking advantage of his of his opportunities in the preseason. And like we're talking about death pieces here. I I think that the consistency that Keelan has has brought to the table, I think gives him an edge. Now, like I said, T. Billy has certainly had the more grandiose plays. Definitely. But I, I don't know. I, it'll be really interesting to see when we, we do this uh, in a week from now. Yeah, I, I think uh, the buzzword that you mentioned there, consistency. You know, and that's the thing that's been mentioned with, uh, you know, Tyron Johnson. You know, the coaches even saying that. I think he said it as well when he spoke to the media, noting, like, that they have told him he needs to do it consistently. Uh Yes, you've seen that from Keelan Cole, and you noted that, that, that you know, T. Billy has had more of those highlight-type plays, but I just watched the way the guy runs his routes, and he consistently, to me, in one-on-ones, in team, in seven-on-seven, is separating from guys. And, and not just separating from guys, but creating a lot of room you know, in the way that he runs his routes. Not to say that 
Keelan can't run routes because obviously he can. He's sure. in the NFL. He's done well for himself. I just I don't know. I, I when I see both of them and it's just like sounds dumb. There's just a difference. Sure. You know, I can't give you any other re- reason than that. Is there a world in which all three of those guys make the roster? So that would be. I mean, we'd have to get. I mean, Dave would have to get really creative with the numbers. Yeah. But, and I'm. I'm. Sh- almost, I know DJ is practice squad eligible. I would assume that T. Billy is also. I, I don't know. I wonder. Now we're kind of you know looking into the matrix mm-hmm. and seeing Dave move around all the pieces. Minority reports out, but like, yeah. I, I wonder. Is there a world where all three of those guys make it, or, or you think it's a, num- a numbers game at this point? I think it's a numbers game at this point. You know, and, and also too. You know, last year you were able to stash different coaching staff, but yeah. you were able to stash DJ on on the uh, practice squad. Uh, I don't know if he'd clear waivers this exactly. year. Exactly, I don't think so either. You know, so that's where I think you take him out of the equation in terms of up for not making this team and hoping that he clears waivers because I don't think he would either. Uh, with Tyron, again, hasn't really had those flashy plays in the games, but there's been enough hype and talk about him where I'm sure people around the league kind of maybe would wonder what's going on. Keelan Cole, I don't think is clearing either. So I, I, yeah, I don't know. It's it's a hard it's a hard one to have, and I it's I know it's not good to be wishy washy on podcasts. No, on radio but I mean, that. but it, it's the beauty of this time of the year, right? And I think it's a it's a credit to Dave Ziegler for building out a roster that is this competitive as yeah. we record on August twenty second. I mean, there have been years past where there it has been a pretty clear line in the sand of like these are the five five receivers, these are the three running backs, these are the four linebackers. like, and it's not like that for no. the Raiders right now. And you and I were saying too, like another really interesting day is going to be tomorrow when the Raiders cut from 85 to 80. Yeah. And I don't think it, you know, it's five guys. I don't think there's going to be any huge surprises, but you're going to learn a little bit more. And it wouldn't surprise me if there was a name that you go, you know, similar to Demarcus Robinson last week, you go, oh, okay. Yeah. That's, I mean, maybe it's just one of those things where proactively, again, kind of give it a nod to a guy to maybe help him catch on with another team sooner. Um, or it's just like, hey, we know what we've got. Why waste any more time? You know, why waste your time? Why waste my time type of deal? Uh but yeah, it's just it's exciting that there are so many intriguing storylines at this point right now. As you noted, like we're in that weird middle ground between again the eighty to eighty-five. It's five players. It's not the you know cut down to fifty-three, which will be the following two. Yeah, and that's massive. That's a huge number. That's where we're gonna be like, oh my gosh, I can't believe all these different moves. Blah blah blah. Who didn't make it? Who did? Uh, you know, that's the exciting part. Uh, you know, as you watch that kind of play out. But yeah, this this one that's hard, you know. And but again, as you noted, that's what you want as a coaching staff. And I would have to guess another room that they're really having these questions about is in running back, is the running back room. I mean, each of those guys, you can make an argument for all of them being on an NFL roster, an active NFL roster. A hundred percent. And I think that's another really unique space that Dave is going to have to operate yeah. in over the next uh, eight days and, and kind of figure out what makes sense and, and play the game of, oh, can player X clear waivers? Can we get him back to the practice squad? Or has he already shown too much? Is another yeah. team out there going to, you know, going to want to, you know, you know, get his services? Is it a division rival? Like, there's so many things that go in to the, uh, to the thinking over the next eight days. But looking in the short term, right, I think we are now finally, mercifully approaching the, the two days on the calendar that we've all had circled for yeah. a really long time. The Patriots are coming to town. They, in fact, they are in town mm-hmm. right now. Uh, but two joint practices for the Raiders and the Patriots beginning tomorrow on Tuesday. So they're going to go Tuesday, Wednesday, off day Thursday, uh, and then play the game, the, wrap up the preseason on Friday. What do, you, what do you even expect to see over the next 48 hours? I expect to see a lot from like the starters, the, the quote-unquote key players. I know they're all key players. Yes, but, thank you, Josh. Yeah. Yep. But having said that, like you know, your top dogs, the guys that – you know, haven't had the opportunity to play in the preseason. One, they got to be like chomping at the bit to go yeah. against somebody else. I mean, 
you know, we, we've seen the chippiness at times, you know, from some of the different guys. Max obviously got a little chippy, you know, like, and I don't blame him. Like, you've been going against your own guys for three and a half weeks now. Is it four weeks? I think or? we're, I think we're four weeks. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's a long time not to hit anybody else. So they, I think in particular, are going to be fired up. But specifically offensively, I'm really curious to see how this O line holds up with the starters in there, with Derek Carr in there. Obviously, they're not going to hit him. But just being in that situation and then also just seeing, you know, when the bullets are flying, how does Derek Carr audible and move things around, go through his checks? How much is the chemistry still there between him and Devontae, which I think it is there. I mean, they've got all camp to do that and refresh that as well. And then on the defensive side, you know, with uh, Denzel and all the different guys in there that are going to have the quote unquote green dot on the depth pieces and things like that. You know, how are they able to audible, go through their checks and move around when they see things that they haven't? You know, sticking with the offensive line there for a second, I think one thing that I'm, I'm really going to be interested to see over the next two days is we have seen 37 <sighs> offensive line companies, yeah. right? Very much by design. Josh was very open about that. He said, hey, 100%. we're, we're going to be mixing guys around. We're going to be seeing what fits. We're going to be putting guys in different positions that maybe we don't anticipate that they play, yeah. you know, come the regular season. But we need to figure out what we got. I wonder if that rotation gets a little bit tighter, a little bit smaller mm-hmm. uh, with Bill Belichick and the boys in town. because And look, the quarterbacks aren't going to get hit, right? They're yeah. going to be in the non-contact jerseys. They're not going to be a concern uh, about any any type of those kinds of shenanigans. But like, I do wonder, like, instead of five offensive line combinations for the day, maybe we're at one or two in terms of the ones. Like That, to me, is going to be really interesting to see. Yeah, I, I wonder about that. But also, it, did they still view this as more of that evaluation time or the most important evaluation yeah. time for them? You know, so many times you hear players talk about getting so much more out of these joint practices than they do the preseason games uh, because you're you're not holding back as much as you would in a preseason game where there's going to be all this tape out there of your scheme and the things that you do in different situations. Whereas, yes, you play the Patriots later on in the year, but that's like 10 years away, you know, and these coaching staffs are so familiar with each other. So I think maybe they're able to open it up a bit more, throw some more of that out there. And and that's where I think that evaluation piece maybe takes on even more so. Because when you think about it, after the preseason game, they've still got two weeks, right, till the yeah. uh, till the regular yeah, season. Yeah, because opener. now the NFL, we're going to play on uh, we're yeah. gonna play on Friday night, and the Raiders will have a full week. I don't want to say off, but a full week in non-game mode yeah, before yeah. they ultimately turn the calendar that following Monday. And that's why I think maybe this week we still do see more of those, you know, combos and things like that. I, I've had this back and forth battle with myself, this talking to myself all the time, yeah. <laughs> these conversations, you know, of wondering you know, what it's going to be like. And I, I think the evaluation and the shuffling of the line continues this week. But I think if I'm this coaching staff, I want to know who the heck my guys are by Thursday, Friday, Saturday morning. I, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it's, oh, boy, like we said, Dave Ziegler in a very unique space right now. And I think yeah. that he is going to learn a, a ton over these next two practices, over, over these next 48 hours. But you bring up a, a great point where I wonder philosophically how Josh and Dave are attacking this, mm-hmm. right? Because you could attack them the way that you said, hey, we're still experimenting. This is evaluation. This is almost in many ways more valuable than the preseason games. Or, hey, we feel pretty good about, and I'm just making up a number here. Yeah. We feel pretty good about these seven linemen. Mm-hmm. Let's see what these guys got against the big dogs of the Patriots. Like, it, it'll be yeah. very interesting to see philosophically what route that, that Josh takes. And, and one thing that I, I think is going to be really interesting to watch uh, over the next two days, I was talking to Eric Allen after the game. And he was saying, keep an eye on when the teams go red zone specific, red zone in two minutes. Yeah. And he goes, because those plays, that package doesn't change a lot from training camp throughout the regular season. 
He said there's a variety of reasons that go into it, but he said keep an eye on that and watch that chess match of these next two days of Bill v. Josh. Ooh. And because he goes, look, Josh is obviously a really good red zone coordinator, a really good red zone play caller, whatever yeah. you want to call it. You know who knows him better than anyone? is Bill Belichick. Exactly. And so he said, keep an eye on those periods in particular. I think it's going to be fascinating to watch those guys kind of dance around each other for two days. Yeah, and that's something that I think maybe uh, people aren't, aren't talking about enough, just simply the competition, not mm-hmm. between the players, but between the coaches. You know, this is the guy that taught you pretty much everything you know. Yeah. And and this is your first opportunity to, to not that Josh is out here trying to flex no, on no, anybody, no, no. but, you know, like this is your first opportunity to be like, hey, look, this is what we got coming down the pipe for you when we play you, you know, later on in the year. Now, this was my question to EA, and I'm curious for for your uh, two cents on yeah. it. I asked Eric, I said, EA, do you think when there's that meeting at the, uh, you know, on the 30-yard line or whatever, and we see it all the time, yeah. when, the to- when the coaches come together before practice, are we going handshake, Ooh. man hug, you know, just the, the knuckle bump? Like, what is the protocol going to be between Josh and Belichick? That's a tough one because Belichick's a wild card. He is. He's a, he's, a, he's a madman. Yeah, yeah. Ooh, man. I, you know what? I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say it's the the handshake hug. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah, okay. yeah. The combo of both. Yeah. Uh, EA said it was gonna be the strictly business yeah. knuckles, and then and then we're off. And then out. But I said, I, look, the knuckles are are great. Yeah, yeah. But I think that they these guys have a lot of history together. I think I think Bill is probably proud of Josh. Yeah. You know, look at what you've done. Look what I've built. And so I, I think that I think to your point, it's going to be a little more of an emotional. Like I don't think they're going to be posing for pictures and no, all that. Yeah. But I think it'll be a little. I think it'll be a nice moment. I'd imagine so. That's why I think I go with more of like the quote unquote bro hug. Yes, you know, of course, of course. In, in that one. Um, but I don't know. Maybe there's a little like animosity on Bill's part because like I don't know if you guys you guys have followed much of what's going on with Patriots camp, but there's all this talk of who's calling plays and yeah. all this stuff, and answers not coming out of this. I know this is a Raiders podcast, but like you know. It's, Maybe he's like, I can't believe you left. Now I don't know who to call my plays, bro. <laughs> I mean, it's. I mean, we talk about it in all seriousness. There is no shortage of, of kind of oh, storylines yeah. to follow over the next two days. And and another one, you know, kind of on the lighter side that I'm interested to see is those interactions between Derek Carr and Mac Jones. Yeah. Because they're part of a very small group who have, you know, this really close, working, professional relationship with Josh McDaniel. So I wonder if Derek takes the opportunity to, to pick Mac's brain a little bit or if Mac comes over and kind of offers some – you know, not good luck or all that kind of stuff, but yeah. just you know, if they what those kind of interactions look like over the next couple of days. That one will be interesting too. Yeah, the other one, as you were talking about that, it was just the specialist pop in my head. You know? Yes, because we always talk about him, watch him when you know, we're out yeah. there. You know, the life is a specialist in the NFL. I wonder what the interaction is between you know AJ Cole and uh, you know Daniel Carlson and Sieg and and the specialist from the Pats. I wonder if there's like a like a specialist summit, like if they're yeah. gonna come together. I imagine those guys will probably go to dinner or something. Oh, gotta be. I mean, a little powwow, yeah. play some chess or something. Yes. You know, while yes. everyone else is in meetings. Or, I know. <laughs> you know. I I do wonder though, like if you. So obviously the game is on Friday, and I I still don't really anticipate we're gonna see much of any of the big dogs play yeah. on Friday night. I would be shocked. Yeah. But if you're Josh McDaniels, what do you want to see over the next two practices from the Derek Cars, the Darren Wallers, Colton Miller? Right, this is probably the most run that we're going to see from Colton in the, in yeah. the past six weeks. Like, what do you want to see from those guys and, and the Max and Chandler on the defensive side as well? I mean, look, hey, this is your guys' time. You know, if I if I'm Josh, I'm sitting there talking to him. I'm like, look, you guys have you've done your thing, you had your learning period and whatnot. Now show me what you can do. Uh, and and he noted it yesterday when he was talking on the Zoom. You know, mentioning that he's going to get the opportunity to see these guys react to something that they don't game plan for. You know, when the Patriots throw them something that they don't know you know, that they haven't looked or seen against or, or practiced for, whatever it is, how do you react? 
you know, it's kind of like taking the training wheels off. And I think that's going to be where, you know, we're going to see them exposed. And I don't mean that in a bad way. I just mean exposed whether like, hey, you really have a good handle on this or for the next week, two weeks plus before we get to the opener, this is what we really got to work on, you know, moving forward because it's, it's going to show some of those deficiencies because there's few clubs in the NFL that have been as consistent as the Patriots. So they know what they're doing coming into this one. There's not as many... I mean, look, I, we're not experts on the Pats, but I'd imagine there's not as many question marks and, and as much, quote-unquote, like learning going on from their part. It's more reacting from their top dogs. Um, you know, so how does Carr and all them kind of react when the bullets are flying? Yeah, and, and to your point, right, I mean, the, the upheaval on the Patriots roster hasn't really existed, right? I mean, Bill Belichick has been there for, what, 22 years? Something, I mean, yeah, some I of, and, and now you look, years. Yeah, and now you, <laughs> you look at the guys on the Raiders roster and every single guy – first year in this program. And yeah, yeah, I know there's a lot of Patriots carryovers like Jakob Johnson, but you know, still at the end of the day, you're still in the process of learning, of gathering information and figuring out who you're going to be come week one. Another guy who I'm going to be very uh, intrigued by over the next 48 hours, Nate Hobbs. Yeah. Nate Hobbs has had a fantastic training camp by all regards. I mean, we've looked at, you know, we've, we've talked to, to our buddies here about how well Nate has played over the past month. Mm-hmm. Let's see, you, you know, go do it against someone that isn't in silver and black. Like that to me is another guy, like circle him and see what he does in the next two practices. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, look, he's put in a lot of great work against Devontae and no knock on the Patriots receivers, but they're not Devontae yeah. Adams. So let's see you go out there and dominate. I think that's what you need to see out of a guy like uh, like Nate. Also, too, throwing in Rocky Scene yeah. and Anthony Averitt, you know, and, and even Trayvon, Trayvon Mullen, too. <clears throat> you know, this is your guys' opportunity to show, you know, how much good work you've gotten with Trayvon, obviously less because he, he just came off the pup list and everything. But, uh, you know, your opportunity to show the work that you put in against our top guys, who many people believe are tops in the league at their positions, uh, you know, now let's see what you can do against some fresh blood coming in here, and does that carry over? Or is it a matter of you're comfortable, you know what to expect with these guys, and, you know, how does it look again when the bullets start flying? I think I think Nate's definitely going to be one of those guys that shines. And the other thing to keep in mind before we get out of here is day two of joint practices, yeah. right? Because day one, you're going to get to know each other. Things will get a little friendly. Yeah. Uh, someone's going to say something that you don't like. And then that next day, we saw it last year in Los Angeles, too. Yep. And I think I don't think anyone wants to have a no, repeat oh, no, no, of no. what happened in L.A. last year for, for a variety of reasons. But I will be interested come Wednesday... How you know who's kind of barking? Who's mm-hmm. you know who's who's kind of chippy? The guys that are, are taking offense and affront to some of the things that happened the day before, and it, dude, it's just gonna be a blast. It's gonna be a lot of fun to watch. It is, and and you know the interesting part about it is where like you didn't we didn't have this last year with the Rams. There's so much crossover in guys that were former Patriots, yeah. staffs, you know, all that stuff. I mean, so there's going to be a lot of, like, inside jokes, a lot of familiarity with people. You know, a guy like Deron Harmon's going to be able to chirp at some guys a little more than, you know, many other guys and things like that. You know, different players, Jakob Johnson, uh, Jermaine Illuminor being a former Pat. You know, so many guys that, you know, can that know them a little more intimately. You know what I mean? So that's where I think the, the chirping is going to be kind of next level, you know. And we've seen the Pats get a little chippy. Uh, in some of their practices thus Just far. a little bit. And another name to add to that that I was reminded of this morning, Trent Brown coming oh, back to Las Vegas. Dude, I didn't even think about that. Big yeah. Trent back in the desert for the first time in uh, in some time. Yeah. So another guy who is very familiar with Max Crosby, uh-huh. with the defensive line, uh, and with the Raiders offensive lineman as well. So yeah. another uh, another battle to keep your eye on over the next 48 hours. That one I, I don't think will disappoint. No, not at all. There's going to be a lot of exciting exciting battles. I just hope we have a good vantage point for all of them. Oh, boy. Like, yeah. You know, I'm going to be really disappointed if, if we can't watch some of these like one-on-ones you know, or don't have a good view of them because – that it, this is this is the most exciting part of camp right now. Yeah, hundred percent. And and I do hope 
Josh, if you're listening, and I know I know Dave. Dave is yeah. mentioned to us. That Dave Dave's is a friend there. of the pod. Yeah, Dave's a friend of the program. Uh, Dave, if you are listening, uh, <laughs> a nice vantage point for the next two days would be very much appreciated. Oh, yeah. And you know we're not going to spill any secrets. We just want to no. be able to see and, and you know have a nice uh, have a nice viewing of yeah, what's going to yeah. happen the next two days. I don't I think that's too much. Promise time. I won't talk about yeah. it on TV. I just want to watch it. The football nerd in me wants to see it. <laughs> Speaking of uh, TV, Jesse Merrick, where can where can the people find you tonight? Oh yeah, on uh, on News Three, obviously every night. I'm actually off today, so I won't be up there. Look uh, at you. Tonight. Yeah, yeah. So. What a grinder the coming days, in on the day but, uh, I'll be talking, you know, Raiders. We're talking a little bit of UNLV, too, as they get set for their first game is actually on Saturday. They're I know. Friends of, the, friends of the program, Nick Holtz, yeah. is now uh, handling the offensive coordinating exactly. duties at, uh, at UNLV, wishing nothing but success for him and, mm-hmm. the, and the Rebs as they get going this That's year. It's going to be exciting. You know, a lot, a, lot of, a lot of talk about them, you know, taking that next step. Obviously, it's been a lean couple of years for them, so hopefully they can get that done. But yeah, again, every night on News 3, and I'm always on Twitter at JesseNews3LV. Hit me up. There you go. And we are going to have a lot to talk about when we do this. Uh, It breaks my heart, Jesse, the final episode (sighs) of this Raiders Training Camp podcast. But it's been a great run. We're going to finish strong. We're going to sprint through the tape. We're not going to limp there. We're going to power through. Uh, And a big thank you to the scheduling gods for giving us really the most entertaining thing to kind of finish the show up this season. It will be great. So, Freddie Pascal, my man Jesse Merrick, Ray behind the glass on the ones and twos, everyone in the control room that's making sure everything is operational and working. We thank you, thank you, thank you. And we will see you guys at the end of the week for our wah-wah final (laughs) episode of the Raiders Training Camp Podcast presented by SiriusXM. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Raiders Training Camp Podcast presented by SiriusXM. To stay up to date on all the latest with the silver and black, download our mobile app and subscribe to the Raiders Podcast Network. Put you inside the Raiders training camp. Catch all the info on the team, plus your music, talk, comedy, and more. Subscribe now and get your first three months free. Be there with the Raiders.